Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. I'm sure all of you have, at some point in your life, received a phone call from a slick salesman who has something to sell you. And it sounds so good that you just can't turn it down. And so you give that salesman your credit card number or something that will cause them to send the product to you. Or you see an advertisement or hear it on the radio that a car lot is in bad need of used cars. They don't have any. And in order for them to get some used cars on their lot, they'll make you the best deal you ever heard in your life on a new one. Now, of course, you know their object is to get used cars on their lot, not to sell you a new one. And so we bite. Of all these super salesmen who have an offer so good that we can't possibly turn it down. Well, let me tell you, Satan is in the business of buying. And he is coming with an offer saying that I need used cars. And I'll make you an offer that you can't possibly turn down, except he doesn't use the term used cars. He says, I want to buy your soul, and I'm prepared to pay to pay top dollar. Whatever it takes, name your price. I have uh, both been on both ends of that on real estate which I've had property that I did not want to sell, and someone would say, well, just put a price on it. Or I've done the same when I wanted to buy, and I say, just name me your price. All people have a price, do they not? It would appear. I'm prepared, he says, to pay whatever it takes, because what I want is control of you. I want your soul. That was the thing that Jesus faced in the temptation in the desert, which came upon his baptism. Immediately he went out into the desert, and there he spent 40 days and nights in prayer and fasting, I believe in sorting out his own mind and heart and getting things squared away with his Heavenly Father as to what his real purpose, his mission was in this world. And at the conclusion of that, the devil comes along, and you'll find it back in the fourth chapter of Matthew. He was hungry to start with, and he said, well, if you're so hungry, take those stones there. You have the power and make them into food. He took him downtown to the temple and put him on the temple and said, Jump off, and the people will believe in you. 
when they see such a marvelous miracle as that, you know that God's not going to uh, let anything happen to you, and you'll lay him down there on the street. And then he finally took him to a high point in the world, and he said, look out over all of this world. He said, I'll give it all to you. I'll give it all to you. All I ask of you is you fall down and worship me. That was a good offer. For this was one of the objects that Jesus had in that the day would come when he would indeed sit in this world as its ruler, which is yet to come and will come, and we've been studying about it in our Sunday school. Back in the book of Genesis, the devil made a similar offer to Eve about that tree that was there in the middle of the garden. And the promise that Eve made to Satan was, or I'm sorry, that Satan made to Eve was, you really will not die. I promise you that. God has an ulterior motive. He doesn't want you to become as smart as he is. If you eat of it, you'll be like him. Sounded good. What was he doing but making an offer that Eve could not turn down? What was he doing? to Jesus, but making him an offer that he thought Jesus could not possibly turn down. You know, sometimes we say, Lord, you don't understand. I'm going through a terrible time. You can't understand. I'm being faced with temptations that are getting insurmountable to me. I just can't refuse. I can't withstand. You don't understand. But the scripture says that Jesus was in all points tempted like we are. You think he does not understand? Listen, he fully understands. For he's already been through the experience, the difference in his experience and ours is that he did not buy what Satan was selling, and we buy. Now let's look at some of the things that go on here in the life of Satan and his offer to us. And Jesus asks the very question, in verses 36 and 37, What shall it profit a man, though he should gain the whole world, lose his own soul? Then he asked the question, What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Name the price. And Satan will pay it. Put a price on your life. You get an offer. Whatever it is. He will promise you whatever you ask 
and say, I will pay. What do you want? What does it take to buy you? You want money? There are many people who will sell out to Satan himself for money. How much is it that it will take to buy you? You like to be a billionaire? You can become one. It's not difficult to be a millionaire if you're serving Satan. He'll pay the price. You can have it. And many people try the shortcuts to wealth. All the get-rich schemes that we come across are there. We can have them. You want money? Sell your soul to the devil. You can get it. How about fame? You want that? There are some people who are so determined to be recognized and have a position that will remember in history, to have their names out on the marquees, to have their, their, their face in the spotlight, to be seen on television, to be recognized and known that they'll do anything in this world to get that position. That's one of the big downfalls of most people in the uh, theatrical business, the movies, is the desire to be famous. You can have it. What do you want? Let me tell you something. He makes the promise. And just as easily, he breaks the promise. Are you willing to gamble that Satan will completely fulfill everything that he has said? That you can have it all? The tragedy of the whole thing is when it's all said and done, the wealth, the fame, all the things that Satan has to offer become absolute nothing of one second after death, and it's all gone. And in hell, the rich man lifted up his eyes and saw the poor beggar over in paradise and begged for a drop of water because in his life he had sold out to Satan and he had for a short period of time all that he wanted. And one second after death, he had regretted his decision. You know that we don't even know the rich man's name? He lost all of his wealth. 
He didn't even end up in the history books. The beggar did. We know his name. But let's suppose that Satan would make good and give you all that you could possibly ever bargain for. It would be a bad bargain. Let's go back to selling cars. Have any of you ever purchased a lemon? Most have at some point in time. You know, it looks pretty good. And my goodness, was the price cheap. I mean, you just don't buy automobiles like that at that kind of price. I know of a story, and this is a true one, in which a fellow saw an advertisement for Cadillac for $50. Well, he had an old clunker, and he thought, well, there may be some parts on that one that I can use on mine to fix it up, and so he went to the house to buy the Cadillac. When he got there, he found that it was a brand new one. $50 for a brand new Cadillac. And he inquired of the lady, are you sure you want to sell this automobile for $50? She said, yes, indeed I do. That's the price. He wrote out a check quickly and handed it to the lady. And then his curiosity got the best of it. He said, now, I've got to know, why would you sell this brand new Cadillac for $50? He said, well, that belonged to my husband. He ran off with his secretary and is in Bermuda. He wrote me a letter and said, sell my Cadillac and send me the money. <laughs> You might possibly find a bargain like that. But let me tell you, when it's too good to be true, that's usually the case. And sometimes we have had those bargains offered us. Hey, buddy, you want to buy a watch cheap? <coughs> Yeah, I'd like to buy a watch cheap, and so you buy one, you know, out under his coat. Five bucks. Five hundred dollar watch. So the police knock on your door and say, hey, you're in possession of stolen goods. And that bargain suddenly became too expensive. Jesus asked the question, what would a man gain? if he owned the whole world, but lost his soul in the process. You see, the world is perishing. And the day would come when if we owned the entire world, we would end up with nothing. Because it will be destroyed. As we know it. First John 2.17 says, The world passes away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So you want something good and lasting, you don't buy from underneath the coat. It's going to end up being a costly bargain that you might wish you had never bit. No, the world does not satisfy. 
the whole world, would we be satisfied? Nelson Rockefeller was asked on one occasion, how much money would it take to satisfy you? And he responded, and I've told you this before, and he answered just a little bit more. If we have no money in our pocket, one dollar will satisfy. And then we will want five. They used to say on the street corners, hey buddy, would you loan me a dime? And now it's a dollar. Loan? I don't know why they use that term, because it's not a loan. It's a gift, if you give it. But we're not satisfied with the five. We want a hundred and a thousand, and on it goes. There is no dollar amount that we are satisfied with, that is, people in general. Because there seems to be a desire to get more and bigger and better. Take the thrills that we used to enjoy. You know, the little old slides in the amusement parks for the three and four-year-olds were fine. And, and I, can you remember how we, all of us, used to get excited about those little, little slides or the little merry-go-rounds and little things. And then you've got to graduate to the Ferris wheels and then you've got to graduate to those big old roller coasters, and you've got to get bigger and better and more exciting all the time because it becomes dull to simply repeat and repeat. We want more excitement. The Word will give you more excitement because Satan knows you're going to feed on it. Give you a little now, and you want more tomorrow and the next day, and the thrill becomes dull, and therefore we've got to be more exotic. We've got to have more and more and more. This is the approach of Satan to bait you. I went to a shoe store in, in the mall to buy a pair of shoes, and I saw, you know, they set out the single shoes on the racks outside. A single shoe. Cheap. And I liked that shoe. And I took it in and I said, I want two just like this. And the guy said, I'm sorry, that one shoe, the only one I got like that. <laughs> what was he doing but baiting me in that I would come in and since I couldn't have that, I'd buy something more expensive. But I was smarter than he was. I left the store <laughs> and bought nothing. And my wife said to me, did you see what he did with the shoe? He put it right back up there and they left. Baking Satan wants us to have a little so that he can entice us to want more. The world is that way. This is the way Satan works. The only thing in life that satisfies comes from the throne of God. So we become the slaves of our desires. Any of you hooked? I mean, you're absolutely hooked. Some of you are Coke junkies. You can't get through a day without starting it with a Coke or a Pepsi or whatever it is. Anybody want to admit that? That's the first thing you do in the morning is get a soft drink? Now, come on, Judy. I knew you wouldn't. How about coffee? You can't start without coffee. We are hooked, right? 
I hope there's nobody in this congregation hooked on alcohol or hooked on drugs, but we know many people who are that way. We become obsessed with these things, and what do they end up being but the owner of our soul? We're not in control. That is in control. So who is in control? Satan is in control. When we get to the things that he wants to offer us, I'm not saying Satan's in control of coffee and coke. That was my point. I hope you understand that. When we give in and yield to the desire to own something that Satan offers, it ends up being our master. And we can only have it for a short time and this world is over. What does one lose when he buys one of these bad bargains? Well, let me suggest quickly five things, and I'll do it real quick. Number one, if we want to sell our soul to Satan, we're going to lose eternal life. We can have all this world has to offer us for a few years, and then it's gone. I had a nutritionist tell me one time, or say to me, did you realize that that dish of ice cream that you're eating only has value during that small period of time that you're actually eating it? And once you clean the bowl, it's over. I had never thought about that before. I still eat my ice cream, but I'll tell you, I think about that. The thrill is for the moment. The taste is then, not afterward. The thrill of Satan is for now. The offer of God is for eternity. Secondly, we lose the privilege of being the child of God. You know, this is one of the paradoxes. Satan says, I'll give you all this, all the whole world. He said to Satan, to Jesus that. But do you know something? I don't only own the whole world. I own the entire universe and everything that God has ever made. Because he said, as a child of God, I was a joint heir with Jesus Christ to the entire possessions of God. And you as well. Satan says, I'll give it to you now. God says, you not only have it now, you've got it forever. We'll lose that. Thirdly, we will be deprived of peace. If you're not at peace with God, you're in a state of uneasiness all the time. You know how we get when we are not at peace with some person? If we're not at peace with God, we live in a state of uneasiness. Consider the fact that if we sell out to Satan, we will be in a state of a lack of peace forever, never to have peace. Fourthly, we would miss what life has to offer us now. 
Sometimes we think that God's not very good to us and we'd like to have a whole lot of things. But listen. The scripture says in John 10.10, 10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill. We know how that goes. We've had that experience just recently and the unfortunate uh, murders of two ladies in this county. The thief cometh but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. God wants to give to us all the things that would make life desirable and enjoyable. The problem is he knows that our state of mind and heart sometimes prevents us from enjoying it if we had it. Fifthly, a person will lose heaven. Scripture says, Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Find in Revelation 2015, and whose was not written, whose name was not written in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. I simply want to ask one question. The question is, have you really counted the cost of serving Satan? Of not being a child of God? What's your soul worth? How much are you willing to take for it? Satan will pay it. At least he promises he will. You can sell to Satan what you give to God. Because God has already paid for you. And his son. What you going to do? Let's pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at James sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.